Many years ago, my wife and I started a company selling products uh, to stores and gas stations. This is back when I was uh, about 19, I think, somewhere around there. And um, I developed a route where I would go around with my products, kind of like a traveling salesman. No suit, though, a little different, but uh, that type of thing. And at least for me, selling was, was quite difficult. And I think the toughest part was dealing with what I would call a categorical rejection. I think they saw me just as this salesperson and the store owner just immediately put up this wall, rejection, before they even knew what I was selling. Now, instead of realizing that, you know, I may have something to offer them that they could make money on, they wouldn't even hear it. You know, they just sort of say, nope, not interested right off the bat. So obviously I realized that if I could just overcome that initial rejection, I had a substantially higher chance of selling them the product because the products I sold were good, they sold well, and there was a good profit margin in them for the, the, the owner of the store. But overcoming that initial rejection was really tough. And what I stumbled across was that if I found a common interest that they had with me, like hiking, cycling, dogs, whatever the case was, as soon as I connected through something else, that, that common interest that we would have, that um, the wall just sort of dissolved. I mean, it was, it was gone. Suddenly they were open to listen to what I had to say. Just one connection opened the door, at least to a conversation. It was like they, they suddenly saw me as a human. It, it suddenly saw me as a person worthy of discussion because we had this one thing in common. Now, obviously, there wasn't always a connection in fact, actually, it was rare. But in those days, I, I did find it interesting how humans respond to one another and how that, that commonality gets the conversation flowing. And it wasn't just in sales that connections came into play. Uh, I recognize the same thing in, in other ways. I mean, you know, if, if you saw a Volkswagen bug uh, and you were into them, you would stop and talk to that person. Horses, you know, horse owners would get together, cyclists, and on down the line to every other type of things. We humans connect very well through what we're passionate about and what we're attracted to. And we're, we're attracted to others that share our passions and interests, even though we may have polarized ideas or beliefs uh, on other levels, we can still feel connected through that. Now, I know this isn't shocking. Most of us understand this concept, but what does surprise me is how this applies to motorcycling. Now, maybe you find the same thing in, in other activities. I don't know. Maybe it's because motorcycling is obvious because you see them riding around. Maybe if you're into backpacking, you're never going to know if somebody's into backpacking unless you're on a trail. But motorcyclists, their level of care for another rider, at least in my mind, surpasses the expected response for a common interest. The, um, what I'd refer to as the motorcycle connection runs deep, and I think perhaps deeper than in other areas. I've heard many stories of riders doing incredible things for a complete stranger that's an, a, a motorcyclist, like drive across a state or two towing a trailer to pick up a broken down biker they've, they've heard about or, or maybe met through the internet. Or you've probably done this before, stopped yourself when you see a motorcyclist on the side of the road just to see if they're okay, see if they, they need a hand. It's like a huge fraternity of motorcyclists. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. I'm Sam Manikin. Ted Simon. Austin Vince. Simon Pavey. Brian Field. Helga Pedersen. Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Elspeth Fair. Jim Jansen. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. 
Best Rest product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Google Tech filters, cyclepump.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com. I'm Sean Birch. I'm from Edgefield, South Carolina. And I work for a Seattle-based coffee company full-time and try to ride my motorcycle as much the rest of the time. Sean, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thanks so much, Jim. It's an honor to be here. Buy antique motorcycles, fix them up, sell them, and you're also a, a Goldwing fanatic. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, I started a few years ago. I've always been. A, I was raised as a mechanic. Uh, you know, my my dad owned a, uh, a service station for about 27 years, and and I grew up you know working for him, being a, a car mechanic. Um, and he was he was into motorcycles when he was young, and and kind of got out of it when when I came along when I was uh, when I was you know pretty young. I still, I still remember him riding, but, but motorcycles were never, uh, around until, uh, until later on, until I was actually, uh, just about grown. Uh, and I, I just got into it one day. I, 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 I say I got exposed to it early, but I, I didn't get infected with it until I was about 30 and, uh, bought my first motorcycle and started riding and me being the wheeler dealer that I am, I would see a deal here or there. I would, I would, you know, pick up a used bike and, and fix it up and, and sell it. And, and, you know, really a few years ago when I started about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I started doing that, the, the vintage bike market was just huge. I mean, everybody was looking for something vintage. So I just started buying old bikes, you know, mainly, uh, old Hondas and, and Yamahas, you know, which are, you know, pretty plentiful anywhere you go. Uh, I'd buy those, you know, cheap and, you know, put a little work into them, get them running. And then, you know, send them down the road with somebody else. And, you know, it kind of supported my hobby. I would, uh, I would fix up bikes and sell them. And, and, and then that money would go into another bike. And then eventually you get enough to buy a bike for yourself. And you kind of, kind of keep doing that enough times until, until you're not playing, you're playing with the house's money. Then, you know, you're not playing with your own money. And I, <laughs> right. I kind of like it that way. It's easier to justify that way, isn't it? If it's actually bringing yes, some money in. The, the wife is in. not nearly as upset when all the bikes you have out there, not only did other bikes pay for them, but they also pay for your trips every year as well. So. Mm, yes, that, that will go a long way. Maybe the odd gift here and there as well. From the, yeah, from, absolutely. From the profits. <laughs> you, um, you, you went on, a, on one trip in particular. I, I think you ended up, you, you left a job um, where they were, they were downsizing and, and you left that job and you went on a motorcycle trip and that sort of set you up for um, adventure, really, for, for motorcycle adventures. Can you talk about that, that trip in particular? Yeah, I had worked for uh, for Fuji Photo Film for about twelve years, and they were having a downsize, and uh, I took advantage of it. It was it was you know still my wife and I both worked there. We were both fairly young, and they offered a pretty you know pretty good package for us to leave. So, uh, kind of jumped on it and and decided to go to another career. But I had just really gotten into motorcycles just a year or two before, and 
and really was passionate about, I really liked the idea of going on a trip. I had been on one trip uh, down to Myrtle Beach and back to the the bike week they have in the spring. And I really liked that. So when I, I, I was able to carve out a week uh, between jobs uh, and took about a 1,700-mile loop with a friend of mine, we went up through uh, Tennessee and into Virginia and then back down through North Carolina, about a 1,700-mile loop, uh, you know, six days. And, and when I took that trip, before, before I left, my, my main bike was an old Honda CX-500, an 81 CX-500, you know what they call the Honda Guzzi. It's the got the sideways V-twin mm-hmm. like Moto Guzzi does. And it's a great bike, a great commuter bike, but not so much of a long-distance bike. Uh, my dad had an 80 Goldwing that he really wasn't riding much. And he said, why don't you take my Goldwing and it'll be more comfortable and you have more room to pack. So I said, that that sounds like a good idea. And and on that trip, I just absolutely fell in love with the Goldwing. I mean, it is, it was such an, it was such a comfortable ride. I mean, even for for an older bike as it was, I mean, it's, uh, you know, at that time, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a a 20, 25 year old bike then. And, and just the comfort, the power, you know, it's got a stereo, plenty of room to pack and it was just such a such a nice trip and I really it got me hooked I mean that 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 trip really got me hooked so the Goldwing then that's your your introduction to um to sort of traveling around with your motorcycle then you 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 found a, a forum I think it was and sort of met some others through that exactly um when I had the CX 500 when I first bought it uh I you know, the internet was getting big. Forums were, were really big. Facebook really hadn't taken off yet, but forums were really big. So any any kind of motorcycle out there, there was a forum that, that would tell you about it. So I was on this this CX uh, 500 and 650 forum. Then I, when I had a problem, when I needed to rebuild the front end or, or needed to do some work, I would log on there and, and ask questions. So I ended up buying that old going from my dad, and it needed a few things. And so I asked the guys on the CX forum, I'm like, hey, do you know how to do this or that? And, and a guy pointed me in the direction. He said, hey, there's this other Goldwing forum, um, the Steve Saunders uh, GoldwingFacts.com. It's the largest Goldwing forum in the world. He said, you know, get on there and, and ask those guys. And and I did and and found just a really great community of, of people. The first person that responded to a question of mine was uh, a guy named Pete Ticehurst, who is from uh, from Croydon, England, and he was just so helpful, and and we got to be fast friends, and you know, kind of kind of were friends over the internet, you know, back and forth. We're we're talking, and then from the uh, that same forum, I also met some local riders, uh, ones that lived in Augusta and and in surrounding areas to where I live, and they would get together and take rides and. And it just got to be a really, it was a really good community. I mean, they, they were really helpful, um, really supportive, anything you needed as far as, you know, technical knowledge or advice. And, and it really, you know, got to meet a lot of great people. And, and through there, it, 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 it kind of, we, we follow each other on the, on the, on the forum. You would find out what they were doing. It was basically, this was an Irish forest. This forum was, was originated out of Ireland and so most of the members at the time were, were Irish and, um, and British and, and some Europeans. And then, you know, there were a good many Americans getting more and more involved. Uh, so, you know, we, we started noticing that the, the, they would have a European rally every year. And uh, we would kind of follow it. And I said, you know, that's a good idea. We should do that over here. Uh, 
So in 2008, we got together and said, hey, let's let's host an American rally. And and we got everything together. And there was a, a nice fella that was uh, had a place in Calhoun, Georgia, up in the mountains of, uh, of Georgia. And he offered his farm. And then we just kind of put it out there and it kind of grew. Uh, so we, we had a, a, a good turnout from all over the country. I mean, guys from, from out in Washington State. We had some guys from Canada. And we had uh, a couple of folks from overseas. My friend Pete Ticehurst that I mentioned earlier, uh, him and his girlfriend, uh, Helen, they came over. And then another friend of ours, Kieran Myler from Ireland, he flew over. So where was and, Pete from? Uh, Pete is from uh, Croydon. He's from Surrey, England, mm-hmm. just about 20 miles uh, southeast of London. And, and he, he came over and said, since we were already friends for, you know, a couple of years on the internet, when they said they were going to come over, I said, well, you know, I've been thinking about buying a spare bike anyway. I said, I'll buy a bike and you come over and, you know, go to the rally. And then you come, come down to my house and stay with me and, 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 you know, I'll give you a bike to ride and we'll kind of tour around. But you didn't even meet him before this. This, this nope, is strictly, first- and really you're not talking on the internet at this point. You're, you're rattling back and forth with keyboards. Yes, exactly right. Just, just, just basically, uh, you know, typing, and you know, there may have been the odd Skype call back then. I think, but, but mainly it was like you said, just, just typing on the keyboard. And, uh, but like you said, it, it's kind of odd that you know, it's, it's folks you never met. Yeah. When he came over, though, is there is there any apprehension for you? <laughs> you know, when this guy shows up, you, you you've never really physically met him. Is is there some concern there? You know, not really. And I think mainly it's because of the, the folks you meet through the motorcycle community, you know, and I think you know what I'm what I'm talking about. You, you've probably met those. You have those same uh, relationships. It's people that it, it sounds crazy when when you say it, you know, oh, you had a you know guy come from another country and, you, you know, you let him stay at your house and you gave him a bike. And then, you know, it sounds crazy, but it's not. It's it's. It's, it's kind of what the motorcycle community does for each other, you know, and and for them to come over and and to hang out, it was just, I mean, it, I'm sure it goes wrong sometimes. I'm sure people, you know, that, that just, you know, sometimes it's just not a chemistry and it's not, a, you know, not a match and maybe, you know, maybe the personalities don't quite mesh and it doesn't work out. But, we, you know, it wasn't like that with, with us. I mean, we were we were just fast friends and eventually became, you know, like family. And uh, it's... Uh, it was a great experience, and so much so that after the the trip that we we took, he came over here, and we took the bikes down to the coast for the weekend. Went to uh, Savannah one night, went to Charleston one night, and then and came back. and They stayed with me for the rest of the, the time here. Stayed with me for another week, and then the next year they said, "Why don't you come over to us and go to the to the UK rally?" And I'm like, "Man, that sounds exciting." you know, get to ride a, a motorcycle overseas. That mm-hmm. sounds pretty cool. So uh, the next year it worked out that uh, that I went over and, and stayed with them for three weeks and, and, and rode a motorcycle around uh, the UK. But so, th- this trip that you that you plan to go over now, you hadn't done any international motorcycling up until then? No. Right. So not, th- this not is at all. A, this is a, a first for you. But but the interesting thing is, and, and, and the reason, you know, the whole point of the story is that when word gets out on the forum that you are going over to the UK to go to this this rally, you get an offer from somebody, another person that you haven't met. That's that's right. That's right. Um, there was another member of the forum who lived in uh, Medford, Oregon, and his name was Peter Bateman. Everybody called him Motorcycle Pete. He said that uh, from the time he was in high school, 
Uh, he was at a, he went to a small high school, and there were two guys named Peter there. But he rode a motorcycle to to school every day, so he was forever dubbed Motorcycle Pete. So <laughs> not a so, bad nickname. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, if you're gonna have a nickname, I mean, that's a good one to have. Mm-hmm. But um, but Motorcycle Pete had actually had been friends with with my friend Pete Tyshurst uh, before me, and he like, through, the, through the same forum. He had gotten to be friends, and he wanted to go ride. He always wanted to ride Europe. He wanted to ride the Alps. He wanted to ride, you know, Stelvio Pass. He, he, he had seen all these, these places and he wanted to go ride them. So the first year he came over, he actually rented a bike and it was so expensive that he said, you know, I should just buy a bike. So Pete Tyser has told him, he said, yeah, why don't you find an old bike and buy it and just leave it here? We'll keep, we'll take care of it while you're gone. So he did, he found an old 98, uh, Honda ST 1100 pan-European he bought it and and you know fixed it up and just left it at, at Pete's house and then he would fly over every year and and get it usually he went over in September he would get it and and go tour Europe and so since his bike had been there when 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 motorcycle Pete found out I was going over uh, he said man why don't you just take my bike he said I'll, I'll add you to my insurance and and I was like, man, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And and this is a guy I had never met. He didn't make it to the rally the year before. So I hadn't met him. I mean, I knew him from online, same same as I did uh, a lot of these other guys. But he just, all, he makes the offer and he he asked me to his insurance. And, you know, there there you go. You, I mean, how nice can can that be? You know, you you go over and one guy puts you up so you can um, you can stay for free, and another guy gives you a bike to use for the whole trip over there. So it's amazing, and it is the motorcycle camaraderie that we we do experience with this. But but then the the real neat thing about this, I think, is that it's the support you have. I mean, you know, it's one thing to go somewhere and rent a motorcycle or make arrangements, but it's another to go over and have somebody that will actually take care of you. You know, that 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 has a place there that you can stay at. Somebody else loaning you a bike, but but. Uh, let me just throw in here. We're talking about two Pete's here. Once again, just like when when Pete Bateman was in in high school, Pete Bateman's motorcycle Pete, correct? Right, that's right. correct. So Pete Bateman was in high school. He got called motorcycle Pete because there's another Pete. Well, there's another Pete in this story. So Pete Bateman is motorcycle Pete. The other Pete, Pete Tyshurst, um, lives um, in uh, near in, in Surrey Croydon. in England. Yeah, in Surrey. Yeah, Croydon. Yeah. Right. So you, you get to go over, and you you still haven't met motorcycle Pete. He has loaned you this motorcycle to use. You, you, you have a, a great adventure there. You go back and you end up going again and using his bike again, still not having met motorcycle Pete. Exactly. We, I went over the next year and actually I didn't expect, I actually had changed jobs um, again and I wasn't sure how much vacation time I was going to have. So I really didn't plan to go the next year, but it just so happened I could squeeze out a long weekend. So I decided to go and when I when I got ready to make the plans, I actually asked Motorcycle Pete. I said, you know, would you would you mind if I borrowed the bike again? He's like, man, it, you know, to me, if it, he said it, it's it's just as good as yours. If you, he said, if I'm not there riding it, it's yours to use when you want to. He said, I'll leave you on the insurance. You go over there anytime you want to. And I went over again and 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 rode and just it was. He said, it's just, I mean, can you imagine the blind faith that a guy has that you know lets you borrow his bike and he's you've never met him in person. Oh. Yeah, I mean there there is, and the blind faith I think is is a perfect term for it, for sure. You, you ended up meeting motorcycle Pete. I did the um, the 2010, the after my second trip to the UK, 
we had our North, our North American rally for the Goldwing uh, Forum got to be a regular annual thing. So in 2010, it was actually hosted in Hamburg, New York, uh, you know, right, right near Buffalo, right below the uh, Canadian border. So Motorcycle Pete actually was able to go to that rally. He didn't ride cross country, but he had a brother that lived in Pennsylvania. So he flew out to his brother's house and borrowed his brother's bike and came to the rally. So I actually got to meet him in person. I mean, it was, and it was, it was, it was great. And, you know, so it's funny because, you know, we never met in person, but when we met, it was like, you know, it was like being long, long lost friends, you know, and, and, and just, it was, it was such an honor to meet him. And, and just, you know, so everything was just, it was great. Um, later that year, un- unfortunately, uh, motorcycle Pete passed away. And it was, uh, it, it was just, it was tragic. He wasn't that old of a fella. He was only in his early fifties, but he, he had complications after a surgery and, and just didn't, didn't recover. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty sad, but he, he must've been kind of prophetic about it because the last time he was in the UK to ride that bike, actually not even to ride. He went over at Christmas that year before uh, to do a little maintenance on it and to, to hang out with, uh, Pete Ticehurst. And while he was there, he signed the title and he's like, you know, if anything ever happens to me, I, I want, you know, you and, and Sean to be able to keep that bike and, and to keep using it, keep for people to keep coming over and using this bike. So wow. that's, that's a bit of a shocker, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's no real connection here, like not a deep connection be- between all of you. You know, it doesn't run that deep. You could say, you know, it's, it's just motorcycles. As it's some just motorcycles. Say. But, but I mean, it's, it's that way with lots of things. I'm sure it's that way with, with other things, uh, but I've never seen it in, in any, other, any other community like I do in the motorcycle community. You know, this, this is what I love about this and is, is concentrating on the things that, that um, we relate to, you know, with one another, that our commonalities rather than our differences. Because I think that, and I, and I know I've said this before in the show, but I know there's, you know, no matter who you are, you can find things different about somebody else. But it's those things that are the same. That that's what really connects us. And this this is a you know really shows it. This is this is one of those examples that that it really shines through. It is, and it's it's uh, you know just and, and it's not just motorcycle Pete. I mean, there's so many other people. I mean, uh, like like Pete and Helen Ticehurst, or Pete uh, Pete Ticehurst. Just you know, they they're like my UK family. I mean, they they became like family. Uh, when when they finally uh, got married, they were there. You know, they were older than 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 me, uh, but they they were uh, lived together, but were not married. They were both, uh, like I said, they were both in their fifties and had been married before, and kind of decided it wasn't that big a deal. Well, we kind of shamed Pete one time about, you know, you, you ever gonna make an honest woman out of her? And he's like, you know, well, I, I don't think she'd be bothered. And and she's like, you you never asked. So all of a sudden, they they get married. They decide to get married. Uh, but they decide to have the wedding the the next year when I can come over again and and, and I'm the best man so that I had to go over to be the best man in their wedding I mean and and how odd is that I mean this is a guy that you met on the internet mm-hmm. that you've become close enough that when they get married they they plan their wedding around your trip over and then want you to be the best man I mean it's it's that kind of community that kind of bond it, it just shows the, the power of again of focusing on what we connect on what we have in common uh, i think it's amazing but if you think this is a fluke you you have another story as well that i, I really like 
about going to Overland Expo. And, and this is another story about camaraderie and strangers helping strangers. Um, how, how did you decide to go to Overland Expo? Well, you'll be happy to know that it was from listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Oh, uh, nice. You were, you, it really was. You were, you know, I started listening to a podcast at work and, and, and really I found uh, Adventure Rider Radio and, and really just loved it. And I had that year, I had, uh, recently just bought an 04 R1150 GS Adventure from a friend of mine, a guy named Christopher Land, that he had this, uh, he had this bike for, for several years and he was, he used to take off every summer and, and, and travel. And he was planning a big trip, uh, in 19 from, from Key West to Alaska and back. So he decided to upgrade to a newer model. So he sold me his, uh, his R1150 GSA and, so then, then you were advertising for Overland Expo and I looked at it and I'm like, you know, that's, it's not a bad trip, 400 and something miles up to Virginia. I said, that would be a, you know, a great trip. So, um, I, I planned it out, said, I'll leave a uh, Friday after work. I'll drive, you know, halfway up, spend the night camp, you know, it's really my first time uh, motorcycle camping. And then I'll just ride the rest of the way up on Saturday, you know, attend the uh, expo and then come back uh, and be home Sunday. Except when you show up at the gate for over the exactly. expo, you realize something's terribly wrong. Exactly. So Heidi and David Winters were on their around the world trip, two up on their motorcycle. Something happened. Actually, we had them on on the show here. So if you, if you just go to our website and find the little search button and uh, search for Heidi and David Winters, you'll come up with the episode and you'll be able to listen and find out the details. But anyway, David broke his wrist. And uh, because of that, he's still trying to ride uh, and he's trying to use his throttle lock to hold his throttle on. He got very frustrated because the throttle lock just didn't work very well. And I think a lot of us have probably had this experience with throttle locks over the years that, you know, that they just don't do the job well. So anyway, when he got back home, he thought he's going to find one that really works well. And he couldn't. He searched all over. He tried everyone and, and he couldn't find one that really satisfied him. So he thought, why don't I make a better throttle lock? Well, they did make a throttle lock. They call it the Atlas throttle lock. And I'll tell you that they knocked it out of the park. I mean, this thing, this thing not only does exactly what it's supposed to do, it does it perfectly well, but it's also a bit of a work of art. I mean, I look at this thing, it's a, it's a thin, finely machined mechanism that goes on just about any bike. I've got one on my bike. And, and before I tried it, I mean, like I saw him at a show and I, and I was very impressed with the mechanism. I bumped into them at the Vancouver uh, motorcycle show, very impressed with the mechanism. But when I put it on my bike, that's when it really shone. It not only looks great, but it works great. It works kind of like it's OEM when I always say that. But what I mean by that is that it works so well. It's got two buttons on it, engage and disengage. It's very simple. When you press the buttons, they've got a positive locking feeling. They feel solid and it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It holds your throttle in one position. And if you need to readjust, you don't have to undo it. You don't have to hold your, your thumb up to stop it from rotating and all the kinds of things you find with other throttle locks. You simply twist the throttle and it stays in the new position. Have a look at them. The website is atlasthrottlelock.com. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there. You heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, but I think you're going to find this is a beautiful piece of equipment for your bike. Oh, and by the way, you don't have to leave it on your bike because it fits almost every bike. So you just take it off if you happen to sell it, give your bike away and uh, put it on your, your new ride. Atlasthrottlelock.com. 
See and be seen. That's the motto at Cyclops Adventure Sports. Cyclops is a family-owned business of motorcycle riders. They design and manufacture all kinds of lighting products for motorcycles. As a matter of fact, ATVs, bicycles, snowmobiles, all types of things. They've got stunning auxiliary lights for your bike. They have CAN bus systems uh, that, that plug into CAN bus systems, plug and play systems for BMWs and others. LED headlight replacements, which are, are beautiful, just plug and play again. And they've got things like their Evo turn signal. No, it's Evo safety turn signal inserts. It's a big, big name. But, but basically they turn your turn signals into super bright LEDs. So at the front, they turn them into to super bright LED driving lights, riding lights. And in the back, the super bright LED brake lights and turn signals. So when you step on the brakes, it's not just your rear brake light that comes on, it's the turn signals that light up as well. And then if you're turning, it'll obviously blink that light. But these are super bright. And when I'm riding along, and I've got them on my bike, when I ride along and I just tap the brakes, often it catches my my eye because I see the reflection on the signs behind me as I tap the brakes. These things are super bright. And you know, the thing is with the motorcycle, we need to be seen. Anything that can catch the attention of a driver of another vehicle around us, either in front or behind, is super, super important. Their website is cyclopsadventuresports.com. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Cyclopsadventuresports.com. How many riders have you heard say the stock seat on their bike is terrible? Some say it's like sitting on a two by four, others say it's like sitting on a wood, wood slab. It's important to keep your butt happy so that you're comfortable. But what about your feet? Stock foot pegs are the bare minimum. So you can ride the bike out of the showroom. That's about all you want to do with the stock pegs. But if you want to get serious control of your bike, you want to sort of up your ability to control your motorcycle, well, the, the stock pegs just don't cut it. And you know, until you've had a great set of foot pegs on your bike, you probably can't imagine just how much difference they can make. The day that I installed my IMS products foot pegs, uh, I was getting ready to head out on a ride. I installed them and then I went around packing and loading and I sort of forgot that I installed these new foot pegs on my bike. That is until I rode out the driveway. And the moment I stood up on those pegs, man, the connection between my foot and my foot pegs, I didn't realize what I was missing before. It's important, obviously, to have connection between your foot and your foot pegs because it is how you control your bike in particular when you stand. But even on the long stretches, you want a, a foot peg that's comfortable IMS Products makes a full line of motorcycle foot pegs um, to fit your ride. Everything from the real wide ADV1 and ADV2 on down to the Core Enduro and others that they have. They're made of cast certified stainless steel. They're warranted for life. They're made in the USA. IMSproducts.com is their website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there. You heard them on Adventure Rider Radio. IMSproducts.com. Except when you show up at the gate for over the expo, you realize something's terribly wrong. Exactly. I got up Saturday morning. Uh, I stopped right outside of my campground, about 10 miles, 20 miles from my campground. Got fuel and, you know, left there, rode another 40 or 50 miles. It was cool that morning. Rode 40 or 50 miles and decided, you know what, I need more clothes. So I pulled over and uh, put on some more warm clothes. I stopped at a rest stop, at a North Carolina rest stop, and and put on more clothes, and then took off and, and left, didn't really think anything else about it. So when I pull up to the gate at Overland Expo, you know, somebody comes to take your money for parking, $10 to park, so you reach for your pocket, and your wallet is always there, and then all of a sudden, you don't fill your wallet. 
And I mean, what a sinking feeling that is. I mean, I, I'd in in 45 years, I'd never lost a wallet. So I, I just could not believe, I could not believe I'd lost this wallet. And there's so much so, in our wallets too. I mean, it's oh, not oh, even I just mean, the cash, it's your connection to everything and and then all your identification. Your cards, your your license, your cash, your identification, you know, I mean, it, all, all sorts of things. I mean, everything you've got is in that, in that wallet. It's a nightmare. It's, so, it's like pack up and go home. Like, you know, it's it's sort of done your weekend. Exactly. I mean, I was I was horrified. So I'm standing there and there's a there's a queue starting to form behind me of people trying to come in and park. And, you know, this little parking attendant, she's sitting there waiting for her ten dollars. And I'm telling her, I don't know where my wallet is. I can't believe this. So a woman in a Land Rover had just parked. She walked over and she says, there trouble. And I said, man, I've lost my wallet. And I have no idea. So she paid ten dollars. She said, you know what? You know, here, I'm going to pay for your parking. And just that way you can pull over, go through your stuff. You can take your time. And, and, you know, kind of get yourself together. And I was like, oh, that's so nice of you. I appreciate it. So she did. She paid for my parking. So I pulled over to the motorcycle lot. And, man, I start tearing my bike apart. I, and, and knowing that it couldn't be anywhere, I know it had to be in my wallet, in my pocket. But I, I looked everywhere. And and I always put my wallet in my jeans pocket, not not in my overpants pocket, not in my, tra- my motorcycle trousers. But I guess I got distracted at the gas station. And I guess I must have put it in the outer pocket in my uh-huh. in my motorcycle charger where there was a hole in that pocket. So mm. I could just imagine that my that my wallet was somewhere on the interstate, somewhere strode across, you know, the interstate between North Carolina and, and Virginia. So I'm sitting there just going through my stuff again. Just I know it's not there, but just going through and, and this nice guy on a KTM was was putting he he just parked next to me and was putting his stuff up, and you know I'm thinking I'm just I'm just going to turn around and go home I'm just going to you know I, my ticket to the to the event was in there I, I, I'm just going to turn around and go home, and and so this guy comes up he said what's wrong man I said man I've I've lost my wallet I said it had my ticket to the to the event it had my all my cash all my cards I was like I. He, he said, well, man, that's a bummer. He said, you, you going to be okay? I was like, well, you know, I, I can get home. I said, I, I'm, I'm going to go to the bank right now. I said, I can, I've got a function on my phone, like a lot of banks do, where you can actually get money from an ATM without having your card with you. I said, so I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. And he's like, no, he, he handed me a $100 bill. He said, no, you take this $100 and, and you go in there. I said, no, no, I, I'll be all right. He said, no. He said, you're going to be worried about this. He said, you're going to leave right now and go to the bank and you're not coming back. He said, so you're going to be rode all this way and, and and not enjoyed any of this. He said, you take this $100 and you go in here and, and enjoy your day and that, that'll be enough money to get you back home. He said, no matter what else happens. And I mean, it was just, it, it just touched me. I mean, it was, it was amazing. But there again, that that's, that's the power of, uh, of the motorcycle community. Cause I asked that guy for his name. I said, Hey man, get, give me your name and number, man. I, I'll send you, I'll send you the money back. He said, no, no, you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, you don't do that at all. He said, just pay it forward. One day, yeah. and I was like, "Man, I just I couldn't couldn't believe it." But Incredibly, it really he's did. actually was, worried about you not having a good time. I mean, that, that's that's touching, right? He did. I did find out, and I and I, I'm glad I got this chance to do it. I found out that guy's name is Jason Maxwell, and he lives in Virginia. And you can't ask me how I know that. I have friends in low places, so uh, <laughs> I actually um, was able to. But I, I, I didn't, I, I, I tried to, I said, you know what, I'll try to track him down sometime. But I said, no, that's not what he wanted. He didn't, he didn't want his money back. He wanted to pay it forward. But 
I was gonna I was gonna mention him on this show. So hopefully he him being a KTM rider, an adventure rider, hopefully he listens to this show and he knows what it meant to me. That just made my day because I really was. I, I probably would have left and not come back. But but I got to go into the show. They were they were nice enough to to check the records and know that I had bought a ticket, let me in. And and I got to I got to go around and and see the things I wanted to see at Overland Expo and and really was excited about meeting Ted Simon because I had had read his books. And and I knew he was going to be there, and and I was it was just that was one of the things I really wanted to do, and I was I was so glad that I got to meet to meet Ted Simon, and it wouldn't have happened without without the kindness of those that, that nice lady that paid my parking and uh, and Mr. Maxwell that that gave me that hundred up that hundred dollars, you know. Well, that, that's amazing, you know. It's and it, it shows that. I mean, I think what I see with this story is when you're telling it is that it's not only people helping you out; it's it's changed your, your feeling because you you feel when we lose something like your wallet, you know, you feel lost and and sort of out of out of sorts about the whole thing. But you had people there who who cared and said they want you there, and it like sort of draw you in. I mean, I think it's incredible. I, I, it's great, and you know the 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 really the really surprising part of it and the, and the turn uh, of that, that really I didn't expect at all is when I got back home that Tuesday, a FedEx package was delivered. A guy at the truck stop at the, um, at the, not, not truck stop, but the, um, the rest center, a guy found my wallet right after I dropped it and mailed it back to me. Wow. So he, I, he took I all actually, the cash out, of course. No, didn't didn't touch a dime. Didn't and it's, I, I said didn't, it's didn't even take out enough to cover the the FedEx shipment. I wow. said and I actually found his number. His actually his number was on the uh, the shipping label. And I called him and I, I said, you know, you sh- you should have took the cash. He goes, oh, I wouldn't have done that. It, it wasn't you know, wasn't no big deal. But I, I did uh, I did actually send him uh, a twenty five dollar gift card to because I felt bad about him having to uh, cover the shipping on that. So I, I was able to to help him. Uh, back, but it was—it's just—I mean—it's the, the kindness of people would just, you know, you, you see so much bad stuff on 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 the news and and on TV and on the internet, and it's just constant. But there's those good people out there that really restore your faith in humanity. And this is all random. This this isn't like you found them all at the same spot. The guy that FedExes your wallet is someone different. The Land Rover driver was not necessarily anything to do with motorcycling. These, these are random connections that you've made. Yeah, and I and I'm just lucky that you know because I mean I'm sure it could have been different ways. I mean I'm sure there's plenty of people that go on trips like this and and they get mugged and somebody knocks them off their bike or you come out in the morning and somebody's stolen your bike out of a parking lot. So there there's those bad stories, but but you know I'm lucky enough that that I've had uh, a bunch of good things to happen to me uh, in my my motorcycling adventures. You've ridden through all kinds of countries. I think oh, 20 countries, something like that, um, yep. all over the place. You've, you've done all kinds of riding now since uh, since you got into this. But you're paying it forward now as well. Yeah, I, I do. I, um, uh, I've i been lucky enough, like I say, I'm, I'm, I tell people all the time when I when I tell them about my, my travels uh, through through Europe uh, on a motorcycle, they just, you know, they always say the same, oh, must be nice. Like, you know, you've got money. I'm like, I'm the poorest person in the world ever, <laughs> ever to travel, you know, the world on a motorcycle. Uh, it's, uh, it's not like that. I, I do it through the kindness of, of others. You know, I mean, I've, I've got my friends, you know, over the years, uh, you know, uh, Pete and Helen host me uh, all the time at their house in, in, in England. And then my friend's Liam and Cass in, in Ireland, you know, they host us there. And I've got friends that live on the other side of, of England, Paul and Christine in South Shields and, and friends in North in North Wales 
they made all this possible. I mean, they they help you, they they host you, they 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 get your bike ready before you come, and and uh, but in return, I, I've always done that. I've always hosted them back. Uh, Pete and Helen have visited over here several times, and 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 you know, I keep spare bikes for folks to ride. Uh, just recently, uh, not this past year, year before last, before before Corona, uh, Paul and Christine came over for for three weeks, stayed with us, borrowed a bike, uh, toured the East Coast. And I try to do that. I try. I try to pay it forward. I, I try to um, make sure that that folks that that you know that help help me. I, I try to make sure that they that they get the enjoy those same benefits. Mm-hmm. Sean, two very inspirational stories. Thank you very much for sharing them. Hey, you're you're welcome. It, it's been a it's been an honor to to be on your show. Uh, and, and I just, in anything that, that promotes motorcycling, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's so much in the world that the negative that people focus on and, and I like to focus on a lot of the positive. And I think motorcycling is one of those things, the community that, that motorcycling instills in, in people and, and just the, the freedom and, and the, and the feeling of, of being on that bike and, and taking those tours, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what you ride. That's the other thing is, I mean, there's, there's so many people that are, very clickish about their their brands. I mean, they're Harley people, they're they're Honda people, they're BMW people. Uh, but that's just a small part of it. As a whole, I mean, as, as long as your knees are in the breeze and you're out there enjoying, you know, enjoying life. Hey, I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, MotoBreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. That about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and uh, we'd like to thank you very much for being a part of it and listening to the show, as well as special thanks to Elizabeth Martin, our producer. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you could do a couple of things here. One is give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That will help others find the show, something we should have been start asking right from the start, and we didn't. And then go to our website, adventureriderradio.com, and click on the support button. We would love you to consider supporting the show. It's built on a model of advertising and listener support, and we need you. We need you to step up. A lot of people listen to this show. Many, many, many people. Very few actually support the show. We'd love it if you'd actually join in. And, and also, we have, um, so anything $10 or more gets you a sticker sent at you. Anything $50 or more gets you a shout out on Raw. That's quite fun. But also, if you become a patron supporter, we've just started a new thing called Insights, where we're, we're doing um, sort of like a mini podcast uh, that gives you a bit of a background to Elizabeth and I let you know um, you know what our life is about all available adventureriderradio.com and click on support now it's time to get out there and ride your bike if you can my name is Jim Martin thank you very much for listening and I will talk to you next week my name is Michelle Lamphere from SturgisChick.com and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio (laughs) 